Let's go! Welcome back to the Hall of Fame College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Watkins. I am back with the coach, Philip Royball. And if you love college football, you're definitely in the right place. So before you forget, smash that red subscriber button, like our videos, and don't forget to ring the bell so you don't miss one moment of the Hall of Fame College Football Podcast. Welcome back to the show, Coach Philip Royball. Happy New Year again to everybody who is in our comment section already, and thank you for joining us once again. Coach, how you doing? Man, doing great. Just trying to get, like I said, trying to get back into the swing of things, and uh, a, a little bit sad that, that the football season has come to an end with college football, uh, yeah. but but there's a lot of things that happen between now and the start of the season, so. Yeah, listen, there is a ton of stuff, and there's still a ton of stuff to talk about after that game last night. Um, you know, we... Uh, I guess as a Big 12 guy, you you kind of got to hope that it's a game a little longer than this through the first part of the second quarter. Um, and and I guess the main thing that I would have to say about all that was that really you would have hoped that you could. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk all about that, Mike, all about that. Uh, listen, again, man, just to me, the, I guess I would just start with that question, Coach. What does this mean? for the big 12 uh moving forward obviously once you have texas and oklahoma leave this conference who's going to carry the flag for the big 12 does that i mean did any last night do anything to make you feel like there's anything good coming of this i i didn't i i truly didn't i you know i i think uh with with texas and ou leaving the big 12 i i think that's a big gap uh, to fill, uh, right. you know, both of those teams is, you know, usually been there in the, in the top, you know, even Texas, when they're down there, there's usually still making waves, but I, I just don't see, and, you know, and I've told you before, I, you know, I, I see Baylor, uh, on headed in a downward spiral. Uh, I, I, I you know, right Texas tech. Now I, I, I think, uh, I think he's doing Joey McGuire's doing a good job at tech. Uh, I, you know, I, to me, they're kind of on the rise. Uh, right. but, but when I look at the big 12 overall, uh, I don't see anything good right now. Right. And I mean, you just kind of hope that, I mean, Hey, it was, you know, for, to give a little bit of love to TCU is obviously to get a win over the big 10 like that. I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like the big 12 was probably the second best conference this season overall because you when you start looking at just the competitiveness of it and then of course the fact that they get into the championship game now when you get in there and you get smoked 65 to 7 um it doesn't do a lot for anyone's you know feelings of of what it's going to be moving forward well, now go ahead at the end of the day jason it just it, it just shows us all and i mean I, I don't like to taste this this spoon of, of what we got fed last night, but right. at the end of the day, it just tells us how much separation there is between the SEC and, and the other programs in the country. Listen, and I kind of felt like even the week before, whenever Ohio State had its best chance to beat an SEC team in view of the fact they're in the Dome, 
you know, uh, being able to, you know, there's no elements to deal with. That offense was going to be able to click on all cylinders, and you still couldn't get it done with Georgia really not playing its best game. Last night, Georgia comes out, and they just stick it to TCU. And I kind of agree with you, BV. I think that that that's kind of what I said midway through the second quarter was that it felt like the – the lights probably were a bit bright or, you know, and it was just a too big of a situation for a team that hadn't been there before. Hadn't, hadn't really tasted anything like this, um, you know, to, to be able to, to withstand something that that defense is just, re- I mean, even their freshman, you know, that freshman defensive uh, in, he was in Max's guts all damn day. You know, just all day. And this is a freshman, a true freshman. This was supposed to be – they had five guys in the first round a year ago, yeah. uh, you know, off of that defense, and they didn't miss a beat. You know, they took a team that, you know, and a Heisman finalist and made them look like a junior varsity. And it's just kind of tough to – you know, yeah. it, it's tough to, It's tough to watch. But, you know, as good a job as I think Sonny and his, and his program did this first season at TCU, it, it makes me wonder – how much of it was you got a little momentum and then you were able to kind of push through. But what are you going to do in a year when you got a new quarterback, a lot of new guys, a lot of new faces? You, they didn't recruit great as far as, you know, what it looks like is the overall rankings. They're going to have to rely on the portal uh, in a lot of ways, you know. I And, and I agree, Jason. I, you know. I've got a kid that played for me at Midwestern State that, that's there at TCU, uh, mm-hmm. and I've got some other relations within that program. And it, it I, you know, it was, and, and the statement was made, the lights were a little too bright for him. Uh, I, I, and, and you'll remember back, you and I having these conversations. I don't know if I mentioned it in here, but I, I thought TCU got lucky in about three ball games that Lady Luck was on their side and 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 pulled them through, you know, and I've even made this statement. I want to see what next year looks like. Can you put back-to-back years? And, I mean, to me, well, to everybody, they were a true Cinderella team. Sure. Uh, but but I, as much as I love my guys that are there, I, I don't think they can put back-to-back seasons like they they did this year as far as wins right and robert i couldn't agree with you more on this thing here Uh, it's something that i saw the outlaw said that a little bit earlier today you know kent state went in and put i mean missouri went in and gave them gave them more of a game than what they got out tcu now again they weren't playing in the same type of a ball game or the same type of bright lights to do that either so i mean it's it's kind of oversimplification to look at it but truth be told you can't hardly do that guys it's it's you know matchups there there's so many different things that happen and it's hard to say well you know prayer view a and m played alabama 12 to 6 or something i mean it (laughs) it just it doesn't match up that way i i used to have to deal with that crap when i was coaching i was just shaking my head yeah, and you have to think about it. when you're the national champions and you come in number one to start off the season, um, and you have already had some big wins when which they already had, you know, where they had really thumped Oregon first right out of the blocks. They beat the brakes off of Oregon. 
Um, they really hadn't been tested. You get a game. To, it's real easy to see them overlooking Kent State. It's really easy to see them overlooking Vanderbilt or Missouri or some of these sure. other programs. And then, of course, you know, but when it came time to really put their stamp on something like, say, uh, the Tennessee game, they didn't they were not tested in that game. And Tennessee was as good as they've been in 20 years, yeah. you know, so they weren't tested in that one. Then you you figure, you know, it's just a different deal. But again, I understand where that comes from. Um, sure. that you would like to see more of a game than that. And, and de facto, it looks like the national championship game was played a week before that with the Ohio State game because I felt like firepower-wise, they were really the only team left in it that was going to be able to maybe put up enough points to, to deal with the yeah. onslaught that you were going to get from Georgia. And even defensively, I've, it felt like to me, and I don't know, maybe, maybe you have a different take on this, but I kind of felt like they took some chances on some coverages and some doing some stuff like that, that it turned into touchdowns and then it got out of hand. And so then maybe they could have been a little more vanilla on defense and just kind of kept it all in front of them. Maybe they stay in it a little longer that way, but in the end, I feel like they were just overmatched. And, 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 and that's exactly right, Jason. I mean, that they did take some chances. There's no doubt as I was watching the game I'm thinking boy that that's a big risk and boom you know there goes a touchdown there and and but let's be realistic and I think they knew this too they were overmatched and for them so you kind of have to take those chances even during the season going back sure. to those times they got lucky hey they rolled the dice and they and they 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 won but last night they lost on every one of those and again the talent level they were facing, you know, you knew if you if you rolled the dice, you could lose big, and they did. They lost big. Right. Listen, and, um, yeah, I think you're right on that. But, Mike, uh, so looking at this, am I wrong for saying Stetson Bennett should have won the Heisman? Yes, you're wrong. Uh, I don't <laughs> – look, and uh, if anybody – if I was going to give the Heisman to anybody else but Caleb Williams, it would have went to Max Duggan. In view of the fact of what he, the team that he took and put them in that position. Now, do I like Stetson Bennett a lot? I do. Uh, is he a great story for having gone back to a junior college and all that kind of deal? Yeah. Um, is he Caleb Williams or even close to Caleb Williams? No, he's not. And you folks, you got to remember that the one thing, hey, if there was a worse defense in the country than Oklahoma's this season, it was probably USC's. And so, I mean, look, for Caleb to be able to wheel them to as many games, and we saw it a year ago when he was a Sooner, that that is a special, special football player. And as much as I know a lot of you guys do not like Caleb Williams because he left, <laughs> uh, and and look, I've got my own little issues with it too. You know what I mean? I, and being, right. a, being an OU fan, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of him anymore at this point. And especially after some of the stuff that happened with the Utah and the painting, the fingernails. And, you know, I feel like he could be a little more classy, but let's not, let's not get it twisted that the dude was the real deal. Coach, you saw him in person. If it, if, I mean, did he not do enough by a lot to win that game and win it handily against Tulane? You know, I mean, the guy was definitely, I don't think that they got that wrong. Would I have had a problem with Max getting it? No, because this is a team that was picked to win seventh, to be seventh in the Big 12, and he took them all the way 
to the national title game. Um, let's see. What was I going to – oh, Kim. How do you lose the Big 12 championship game and not drop in the polls from three to five? I said this as well because do you know why? Because I wanted to see Michigan and Ohio State do it again. Let's see on a neutral field how that goes. And then allow that. That's going to give you the best matchup in the national title game, I felt like. Because obviously TCU didn't have anything for Georgia. And I I think 99 times out of 100, that's probably exactly what happens is what happened last night. Um, I think you could have had a better game. And I don't understand if if you're that committee and you know damn good and well what that would have done to your numbers to put Michigan and Ohio State up against each other again. It just see and to get into the championship game. Key, key you know. word, key word, committee. Any anytime yeah. you you throw people together like that to to make those kinds of decisions, you know, so many things go into that from from personal. They can say they don't, uh, you know, have their personal feelings that go into that, but they do, and so many other things that that are part of that. So committee is the word. I mean. And and when we guys, when we can get to a 12, 12 team bracket, then then we're going to have a lot better look at, at this. Even if they would have stayed where they, if, if even if uh, uh, the Big Twelve championship didn't cost them, and they would have stayed sure. where they stayed, you would have seen it wash itself out. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that I think that once you get that bracket together and you have twelve teams. Yeah. Um, I think it changes the the college football landscape completely. I don't think that I and I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of torn between whether or not it's good or bad for the game, um, because I think that the that the regular season right now kind of plays out like playoffs in some instances. I don't like the Big Tens uh, just playing East against West. I don't like that. Uh, I would rather see that they have the best two teams playing for the conference title. Uh, but really it's just them and the SEC that doesn't do that. And the SEC, you haven't seen as much of that be a problem. But uh, aside from that, um, I feel like there's a part of me that feels like that's going to be a problem moving forward. But that being said, if you're going to get these games whenever you get it into playoff time and you're going to fix bowl season, which we talked a lot about that, how the bowl season is just kind of junk, you know, maybe that's a better thing. And, uh, you know, Sean, yeah, who would have thought that TCU would make it to the chip uh, before uh, before OU or UT? Yeah, whatever, Sean. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> no, Sean, Sean is my friendly neighborhood troll. We love him here um, because he talks more trash than anybody else uh, that comes in. We appreciate it. And you're even going to give me – you're going to give me a little kudos for admitting that? Okay, well, uh, look, I don't have to like it, but – I I have said this plenty of times. Caleb Williams was the best player in the country this season. That's it. That's how I feel about it. Um, again, let's see. I don't think making it 12 teams matter because the SEC will still run with it. You know, and here's the thing about that is now you're going to almost guarantee that you're going to get minimum of two SEC teams into that tournament every sure. every year. And the chances are you could get three. Um, you know, and, and hey, maybe that's what you and need. What's wrong I, with they're, they, if they're, if they're the best, if they're the best conference, what's wrong with that? Right. I mean, I, I don't like it. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I hate the SEC, but, but at right. the end of the day, let's, let's just be honest. 
let's put the best 12 in and let's rock Listen, and roll. man, they've, they have definitely proven that they're the best conference, just at least at the top. If, if for nothing else, that they're at least at the top. And there are enough. I don't know that the max can be. I don't know what. The, I don't think that there is a max necessarily. The way it's going to definitely go is it's going to be your five uh, highest ranked conference champions. Um, so if you're a conference champion, you're getting in as long as you're one of the highest ranked. If you're not one of those, and there's no way to get a conference championship if you're not one of the top two or three right. in that conference anyway, even as it stands. So for sure, it's definitely that or four. It maybe maybe it's the four top rated conference champions. Then you've got your your next to the the highest rated uh, group of five teams, if you want to call them that. I don't know that it's going to continue to be the group of five or whatever it is, um, Matt. Um, but I don't believe that you're going to get five SEC teams in. I don't know that that's possible, but. I mean, I guess this is something we're going to be looking at, and it's it's probably going to change a little bit between now and 2024 when this goes into effect. Um, and look, we'll see how it goes. But again, I'm kind of with you on that, coaches. What you said is, if it's the best teams, then it's the best teams. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care how much money they just dumped into the Big Ten. The Big Ten has work to do because there wasn't outside of OSU and Michigan. I didn't see nothing. And even in Penn State, you know, they weren't they weren't running away with that Rose Bowl game over Utah until Cam Rising went out. When Cam went out, they took off. Um and I still I don't think that Franklin has really done a ton. I just don't. Um Kim, I would hope if anything, here's what I would say about strength of schedule. I am sick and tired of seeing SEC and and Big Ten teams play cream puff you two or three times a season and even stop playing, you know, in the middle of their conference season, they get some cream puff. I don't want to see that crap anymore. Now that you don't have to make sure you win with all these style points or whatever the crap, stop playing them. Okay. Stop it. Maybe yeah. one at the start of the season for your you know, scrimmage game, whatever the heck you want to call it that. But I feel like, it, it's already going to, you, you already have, it's going to be easier for you to get in. If you do your thing in those two conferences, you're in period. Um, so stop playing these freaking, don't play the UNMs of the world. Stop playing the HBCU universities. If you're UCLA and USC and all these other teams, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Um, and I just don't think that. Amen. We don't trash. Amen. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to put respect on his name until he does something at, at freaking Penn State. He, I don't care that he did something at Vandy. Go do something at a major program. He's at a blue blood now. Go win. You know, go win, Sean. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, you know, go win. So, um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about this. Emmett Jones, Texas Tech wide receiver coach, uh, has been named the Oklahoma receivers coach and passing game coordinator. Um, this is obviously a, a new development. It's not new as far as knowing that there was going to be some movement on this. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't see. Uh, there was going to be some movement on this um, as far as that was concerned. I think that a lot of people felt like 
LaDamian Washington was not really prepared for that position. Uh, and he, and let's be fair, he wasn't put into the position in a good situation. You know, when Kale lost his job uh, for doing what he did in that meeting room that day, um, that changed things. Uh, I feel like there was at one point that it looked like there was any number of guys that could have come in and been the receivers coach. It felt like Malcolm Kelly was probably going to be the guy until you start hearing that him and Schmitty hated each other. And so that wasn't really going to happen. Um, there was also, you know, some other names that have been floated out there. Everything that I know about Emmett Jones is that he is some heck of a football coach. I know for sure that Texas was high on him. Uh, they were trying to get him as well. This was this was actually a big a big coup for Oklahoma to be able to jump in there and grab him before somebody else did, because it, it sounds as as though um, he was high up on it. And apparently he almost had that North Texas job. Something fell through, but that was as a head coach. So you're kind of getting him on the up. Um, he apparently his connections in the Dallas Fort Worth area um, with high school coaches are huge. And, yeah. you know, when you're, you when you're really wanting to recruit the best players out of Texas and you need to keep your footprint there, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And that's one thing I think that everybody kind of felt like but Damian was probably a little over his head when it came to recruiting and that stuff. Right. Well, you, you know what, Emin and I, I actually have something in common, Jason. We we both coached at Dallas Skyline. Is that right? Yeah. I didn't know he coached at Skyline. I didn't yeah, know he that. Was at, he was at Skyline from 2006 to 2013. Wow. And, and before that, he was at Lincoln, Dallas Lincoln, and then before that, he was at Siegelville High School there in the Metroplex. Okay, okay. So was he? He was head coach at both at all those places, or at least no, no. He at, at Skyline, he was an assistant coach. He was the offensive coordinator, and then at Lincoln, he was an assistant, and Siegelville, he was an assistant. Uh, now he was also at Sock, and you know that ties into what you were just talking about. Sock been you know won two consecutive state championships right. uh, back to back, and so again, I, I think those connections are going to be fantastic for for OU to have those Dallas connections. Well, and I I almost think you know you were talking about obviously with Texas Tech's coach uh, uh, Jamie Joey McGuire. Uh, yeah Joey McGuire yeah Joey McGuire well uh, that was a big reason why it felt like. First off, that and I think that they may have missed him at Baylor this season a little bit, him being the assistant head coach at Baylor a year ago. But I think that that was a major reason that him being a back-to-back, -back, you know, state champion uh, as a high school coach in that area. And was it where was it that he was at? It was. Um, uh, dang it! Oh, it would have. Is it where um, where K one went? Anyway. Anyway, yeah. So, but he, but he was a winner in six A football, and yeah. and so obviously his connections were there big. Um, right. None of this hypothetical. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna have to throw this up here real quick. Uh, now this is super trolling. This is super trolling. <laughs> you should have to put money in the freaking kitty to say this stuff on my show, Sean. The the little heart there, the super chat. You need to punch that real quick. And folks, uh, and just uh, just to let you know, John, I, uh, want, it, I want whatever you're you're drinking. 
<laughs> I need yeah. some of that. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think that uh Sark even believes this crap right here, Sean. Uh not even Sark. So uh yeah, right. Okay. Maybe um, I think you might have got your I think you might have got your your uh, numbers backwards. I I think it could be 0 and I have a hard time believing they'd go oh and they'd go over. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised to see him do another eight and four year. Um in view of the fact, and you know, this is just Sark, man. He is that guy that is, we've talked about this a bunch. He's a 500 guy. I think that he's going to have, it's going to be one of those deals. Yeah, well, the, definitely the analysts will tell you that every offseason, but that's because <laughs> they love them at ESPN. They love them at ESPN. So, um, but yeah, listen, I feel like, yeah, this is fine. Nate, you know what? Real quick, we'll just go to that. If it, I don't have a problem with it in the in the first of the season. I said that. If you want to do that, your first game, second game, whatever, fine, do that. But what I'm talking about is when you get in the middle of the conference season and then you kind of you you have a big game and you you schedule that cream puff in there in between Tennessee and LSU if you're Georgia or whatever it may be. I don't want to see that, you know, or I think Tennessee was the one that did that, but between Alabama and and LSU or something like that, but in any event, um, and, and then you define define cream puff too. I mean, golly, you I mean, shouldn't be playing FCS teams or or you know just don't do that. Exactly, you, it's one thing to play. Hey, look, if you want, it's one thing to play New Mexico State, New Mexico, um, even Arizona, whatever you want to. I mean, if these are and those guys are New Mexico, New Mexico State, obviously play in lesser conferences, but to me, they're at least they're Division One. Okay. Right. I don't want to see you playing an FCS one double A team, you know, midway through your season. I just don't want to see that. Or the, during your conference play. Mm-hmm. Well, I defining know. a power five team. I, I don't know that there's a power five anymore. I feel like the soon as the PAC 12 jettisons UCLA and USC. And as soon as OU and Oklahoma or OU and Texas are gone. Yeah. Those other two. I mean, really, those, I know that you replenish some with some decent teams, some de- some good programs. When you figure BYU, UCF, even Cincinnati, Houston, but I really still feel like this is a lesser conference, and you know, I I just don't see it, man. I just don't see it. I have a hard time with it. Uh, but I think that had TCU done something, had they made a game of it, um then maybe you have a chance to recruit a little better. But I think that in view of the fact that they already hadn't really recruited that well with the season that they had tells you something that it's not going to change things a whole lot. Nope. Um, if, if there was a team that I feel like is probably going to be at the head of the class, the more I think of it um, in the big 12, that's going to be a year in year out uh, contender. It's going to be UCF because of the fact that they recruit in Florida, they have the largest uh, fan base or alumni base in the country. They have the largest enrollment in the country. They are, they have the most access to be able to be good. That being said, I just don't know that you can keep up period without being in one of these major conferences. And it's, it's looking more like a big two, a power two than it is anything else to me. Um, I still feel like you're going to probably end up with 50 to 60 teams somewhere in the near future that are going to make up these two conferences. 
30 in each conference, whatever it is, 25 in each conference, something like that. And those are going to be your FBS, whatever you want to call it, playing for the national championship. The other conferences are going to be in some kind of a, you know, I guess it would be FCS, 1AA, whatever. Um, it's the haves and the haves nots. And let's just be serious about it, folks. It's been that way anyway. Yeah. It's been that way anyway. The chances of you winning a national championship from anywhere aside from the SEC or the Big Tw- or, or you know, and I know the ACC with Clemson's done it, um, but I don't really see that happening anymore either, you know? Maybe because of Miami and what they're doing money-wise, I still feel like all that's going to really end up happening is you're going to end up, whatever these teams are, there's some of them are going to get sucked into the Big Ten. Some are going to get sucked into the SEC. And then the rest of them aren't, you know? I just – I've felt that way a lot when we were talking about a realignment and all that stuff, that it just felt like to me, in the end, you're going to get the best teams from – what was the big 12, they're going to be SEC teams. Um, You'll probably add a couple from the ACC as well. Some of those ACC teams will go up North and play in the big 10 as well, because they're just, some of those matchups fit better, right? Notre Dame should be a big 10 team, you know, because their natural rivalries are in the big 10. They are stamp dab in the middle of those, of that conference. That is, they should be in that conference. And I know there's a lot of reasons why they're not, um, A lot of, I I know a lot of of the reasons why they're not, and they're stupid, but, you know, and I get it. Why, if you're Notre Dame, you don't have to do it. So why would we, you know? But I think once you say, okay, well, we're going to take away your opportunity to get into this playoff, then they got to make a move, you know? Um, I give a lot to, I give a lot to Swarbrick for, for keeping it together the way that he has, as long as he has. Uh, for them being independent, but I just don't see that that being something that you can do for a whole lot longer. You know, I just don't see it again, talking about this uh, just to go back through some of this with Emmett Jones. I I feel like this is a good move for him. I know that that wasn't the, the first, the first name that people were wanting to hear for this position. I think that it's pretty clear that he has uh that he's definitely put his stamp on it. I know that Joey didn't want to want to see him go anywhere. I think that it's it hurts Tech's recruiting, uh, oh, probably more time. than anything else. Yes, uh, yeah. And you know what? And and I and I hate to say this, but a lot of times, guys, and and at that at that Division One level, you'd almost rather hire a great recruiter than a great coach. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's just the way it is, and I've seen it before. Uh, I, I've coached against some guys that went from Dallas Carter uh, to to the University of Texas that couldn't coach themselves out of a wet paper sack. But they could but get a coach. They could get a player to come to their school. Dallas Metroplex, and and by the way, Joey McGuire was at Cedar Hill. That's where he was. I couldn't remember. I remember now. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, so look. I think it's a big move for them. Um, part of me, you know, I, I wanted to see LaDamian get his, and I think he's going to get his shot. It's just not going to be now. And when you're when you're a program like Oklahoma that's trying to rebound and you just don't have time to bring him up to speed, I, I don't, I think kind of piggybacking off of what you just said, Coach, I think LaDamian was a better coach than he is a recruiter. And so, therefore, 
yeah. that's part. That's a big part of what it was because Ladamian just got through playing football as a receiver. He, I mean, this guy was obviously knows what it takes to be a good receiver. Sure. Um, I just feel like it was probably one of those deals where recruiting wise, he didn't have his chops yet, you know? Um, well, and, and I'll tell you this, Jason, I, I've seen some of the greatest players mm-hmm. go into coaching and, and they suck. I mean, and you just right. made the statement. I mean, he just got through playing, you know, he knows how to be a great receiver, but sometimes that translation doesn't go into it either. Sure. Sure. Uh, so everything I've heard though, the players all liked him. I mean, you know, we could say there were some things that they didn't do well on the receiving side of things as far, but I don't know that drops really has a bunch to do with that. Um, I've heard people say stuff about their blocking, things like that. You know, again, they were a top 20 and blocking wise, I really have a hard time with that because you had Eric Gray do what he did this year. You know, the running game was very good. So I just feel like it was a lot more about – it was definitely more about the fact that he wasn't really up to speed recruiting-wise. They need – and when when the drop-off is Kale Gundy to him, Kale Gundy Gundy recruited Adrian Peterson. He recruited, you know, Samaj P. Ryan. I mean, D.D. Westbrook. You could the names go on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. So the re- recruiting wise for his brother not being able to recruit at Oakey Light, he could sure as hell recruit uh, at Oklahoma. So uh, you know, and the, you know, just thinking about that, if you really, if Oklahoma State really wants to, I, I think maybe that's the reason why they haven't made that hire yet because I think that Mike likes to to be able to tell everybody that he can't recruit with Oklahoma. And if his brother comes in there, they're going to know he's been full of shit for 20 years. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. oh man, I don't know. All right. Let's talk about some other things. Obviously folks, while I've been gone and I was at the, uh, all American bowl in San Antonio, uh, also got to watch the San Antonio U.S. Army All-Star Game. Um, was watching our guy, Darian Holmes, uh, show I'm that he – that was a lot of fun, Coach. That was a lot of fun. And i tell you something. There were some things that I saw. First off, from the OU side of things, there were some things that I saw in that game, in the All-American game, because it was the first one they played, uh, that made me very excited about defensively. Um, Samuel Omosijo – uh, the linebacker out of Crandall um, looked fabulous. And even more so than that, Makari Vickers was shut down. Nobody threw his damn way. And he almost got a pick on a ball that wasn't coming his way. And he jumped the route and almost got it. Unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable uh, performance by him. They didn't test him the entire night. And I, I mean, I sat there and watched him and I saw why. The guy that they would put in, they were kind of swapping them each series. The guy that they would put in in his place, they would throw it at him. Uh, and he did a good job too, by the way, but he was there was some cushion there. But uh, when Makari was in, there was no there was no chance. Uh, the other the other main uh, or well, the other thing that I took away from that football game <laughs> was Dante Moore is. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, we had him and lost him. So you guys had him too? 
Oh, we, he he signed originally. He was signed. With so him. okay, he had jumped to Oregon, and then now, of course, he's jumped from there to UCLA. Right. right. Coach, this guy, effortless. The best throw that he made, he made well. He had four touchdown passes, and yeah. part of it was he got to play longer because of the backup right. ended up getting hurt pretty early on. Yeah. Uh, he because they again they were switching out series. But, but those first two touchdowns he had were great throws. The best throw he had wasn't a touchdown. In fact, it wasn't even a completion. He he had staring down the barrel of of one of the biggest defensive guys out there. The guy uh, that I think he's going to Georgia, defensive tackle guy. Uh, man, why his name is slipping me right now? But he was he was bearing down on him, and he makes the throw to the sideline that the window was about this big. It hits the dude's hands. It didn't hit anybody else's. It hit the receiver's hands, and he just didn't. I don't think he thought it was coming. I don't think he thought it was going to get there because he dropped it. I know the dudes that were sitting around me, everybody was like, whoa, who the hell is this kid? <laughs> and he was, the guy was unreal, unbelievably good. So uh, I really felt like, you know, Man, I'll tell you what. I just felt like that was – he was super impressive. And to think that he's – I think, what is he, the fourth or fifth rated quarterback in the country? You know, I'm not going to get into all this Arch Manning stuff. On, right. I mean, he hasn't really – he hasn't really had to compete a whole lot because of who he is. I know he goes to the Manning camp. He wasn't in Elite 11, all that. We could talk about that all day long. Bottom line is somebody loves him, right, to make him the number one thing. But I, if he's better than Dante Moore, and Dante Moore went up against Jackson Arnold in Elite 11, and Jackson beat him in that. Yeah. Now, of course, you're not getting tackled at Elite 11. So, you know, that there's a difference. It's, and obviously, but, it's but, a different game. You, you I know you saw it in the game, Jason. I mean, he's elusive. I mean, he, and he, you know what? And like you said, he's got people bearing down on him, and that's that's what I continue to see in the All-Star game. He had people bearing down on him, and he just sits in there, cool, calm, collected, and flicks and that wrist in there. Yeah, and it's it comes out quick, and and he, yeah, he's he's incredible. I, I mean, I I cried when we lost him. Man, it was that's a big loss. That's a big loss for them because I and I tell you, now obviously we were going to talk. Obviously, Dylan Gabriel coming back as we talked about that was one of the things in the last show we were talking about that was important for Oklahoma to get him to come back so that you don't have to rush Jackson in. Um, that allowed your guys to go in and get a quarterback, though. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, without yeah. having anybody really chasing after him. Um, yeah. In uh, Wake Forest, but say his name for me again one more time. Uh, uh, Sam. Uh, Sam. Uh, my mind just went blank on. Minded to. When you turn 63, guys, your mind tends to do this. In Hart- any event. Sam Hartman. Yeah, Sam Hartman. And that guy, he's going to be a good one. But, I mean, even that guy, I mean, I think maybe year one, you probably want to go with Sam Hartman. But if you could have John, could if you could have Dante Moore, I'll tell you what, I didn't think a whole lot of UCLA and its chances once it gets out of the into the Big Ten. I got to tell you that Chip, has proven to be a hell of a coach in the past. Now he's got some kind of weapon with him. Yeah. I would not count that. In fact, I like UCLA moving forward a lot more than I like USC. Yeah, um, I agree. And I, I you know, I'm not, a, I, I'm not a Chip Kelly fan by by any means, but 
you, you know what he did with turning Oregon around and, and what he did there. And he's, uh, it, now that he, like you said, now that he's got a weapon, uh, he's going to be, that, that UCLA team is going to be pretty tough. No, this is what happens when I'm on hiatus. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I wasn't really on hiatus. I've been sick. You're right. But what happened? What happened? <laughs> you know uh, how he is, Adela. Hey, man. It's been uh, – and I had a great trip. The other thing that I had a blast with, obviously, there, um, getting to watch Darian play, man, you know, and it kind of seemed, you know, that he won receiver of the year, by the way. Uh, Texas High School Football Receiver of the Year. That's beating out every one of those top-level receivers that are going to big programs. He blew them out. The closest guy to him was 10,000 votes behind him. So, so, Jason, where's he ending up at? You know, right now, it, it's – I think it's still – there's a lot of – I think there's a lot of interest. There As you be. know, with everything with the portal and all this other stuff going on, it's kind of hurting these high school kids a little bit, number one, especially if you're an under-the-radar guy. Right. And he was that. Um, and is that. I don't understand how he became under-the-radar to even start with. Uh, well, and, and, some and, of this and, stuff, I'm not positive that I should really say this on the air. Um, I what I would tell I you is, don't. what I would tell you is, first off, I want to make it clear that it, none of it has to do with with Darian at all, at all, at all. Right. Darian has a 3.7 GPA. He was ready to rock and roll as a junior, and um, just got buried on the depth chart. It's all it was to it. They just never really gave him an opportunity. What I would tell you is, is the guy that he got buried behind. There was some kind of a flap the year before with the coach that got fired. They brought this coach back in. I think there was a situation there. Uh, Whatever the politics were of it, something had to do with it that they never gave him an opportunity. Um, That being said, I would feel like I would, I feel like there's enough people that know who he is. I know coach primes got him on his radar. I know that Oklahoma and TCU and even probably Texas have him on his radar as well. Texas Tech should. They ought to. They ought to. Oh, yeah. But nobody's given him the offer just yet. Now, Navarro Junior College, uh, outside of uh, they're right around Waxahachie area. Uh, they they they're in the mix. Uh, we talked about that already, Coach. And and I fact I think it's one of your guys over there. So. Um, they've done their thing over there. Uh, from what I understand, um, where General Booty came from, Tyler, is it Tyler Junior College? Tyler Junior College, yeah. Yeah, they're interested as well. They have an Oklahoma guy as their head coach, from what I understand. So um, looks like there's a possibility there. Um, so there's some options there. What I'm going to say, and I'm just, this is the last I'm going to save it for this show right now. Uh, folks, this is a winning lottery ticket. You should go get him. Six foot three, one ninety five. He made another catch in this game that nobody else was going to make it. Nobody else was going to make it. He found the football on a throw that went from one. It should have been on one side, and it goes to the other. And he finds it at the last second and puts his hands on it, makes the grab. Uh, and he had a catch right before that where he should have been dead to rights, and he broke three tackles to get a first down. So this is, I mean, he's. He's a Division he's One player. Go, he's going to go somewhere. He is. Yeah, Little and I late, think, but but he'll he'll get there. And, and you know, if you think about last night, and somebody was talking about Stetson Bennett, 
I, I mean, the guy was a Juco guy. Yeah. Sometimes it takes that. Uh, the, who was that receiver that caught two touchdowns? The, the one kid that, you know, I mean, I, he didn't look like all that great of an athlete to me. He was another Juco guy. Walk on dude made big plays in the national championship game. There's more than one way to get there Bowen. than just by being Is the number Bowen? one. Uh, it was something like that. I forget his name, man. Yeah, that other that, and then that that tight end too, man. He came out of nowhere. Who's that? The tight end. They're tight end from Georgia too. Oh I yeah, mean, that, that's uh, what I'm thinking of. The tight end. Yeah. So you know, although, um, although I disagreed that he was the best tight end in the country. Right. So PJ was a man among boys at that uh, at the Under Armour All American game. He was. He got I think a sack and a half, uh, a bunch of hurries. And he was doing that all week, Kim, all week. Um, as a matter of fact, there were seven Oklahoma players in the Under Armour game. You had four more that played in the All-American Bowl in San Antonio. Um, the four being out of out of there was Sammy Omosijo. Uh, obviously, then you had Makari, who we talked about, Joshua Bates. And, uh, and the other guy that I didn't really talk about that had a nice game was uh, the corner out of Washington State. Oh, dang it. Why am I forgetting his name? Um, it'll come to me in a second. Anyway, they looked really good. Uh, and then Jackson played unbelievably good in that game. Um, for everything, that's what we were kind of talking about, is all this talk about who's the best quarterback and all that. This has got to be one of the deepest years I can remember for high school quarterbacks coming in because we haven't really said anything about um, – the USC quarterback that's coming in behind that's coming in, you know, and he's up for the MVP of the, of the Gatorade player of the year for the entire country as well. Um, that's a uh, sheesh. I'm losing names today, but, uh, Oh man, I'll remember that. And again, when I'm not trying to, but, uh, anyway, uh, again, I'm rubbing off on you, brother. There's a lot of guys that are playing very good football, but what I could tell was Dante Moore, if there's a guy that's better than that in the country, um, if it's Jackson, whoa. <laughs> uh, if if Jackson's better than that, which if he outshined him at Elite 11, he's at least up there with him. That means that they really did get an amazing find in Jackson Arnold. Um, same thing being said for some of these other guys. And, and look, if Arch Manning is really better than all these dudes, that he's the number one dude, Malachi Nelson, James. Thank you, Malachi. Yeah, Malachi Nelson, that's the other guy. that, And I can't imagine that he's better than Caleb Williams, but everything I hear is, is he's unbelievable. Um, then you had who's whatever that kid's name that they gave him $10 million to go to Miami. Uh, he's out of, like, Seattle area, too. Um Man, there's a lot of – yeah, McConkie is who you were talking I tell you about. What, we, and, and, Jason, we picked up a quarterback out of Tennessee. Uh, uh, trying to think of his name. Minchie. Yep, Minchie, Minchie. Uh-huh. I'm really – just just the film I've watched on him, I, I'm pretty impressed with him. I think I, – I see some correlation uh, between, you know, the quarterback that you got to see. Uh, in all, Dante. Yeah, Dante Moore. Uh, I, I don't say his name anymore because I'm pissed off. Uh, <laughs> they, they must have dropped a hell of a bag of cash on his ass to, for to, for him to go to Oregon down to UCLA. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. Uh, 
Well, you know. and, and again, they're they're he's gonna he's gonna make a big difference there. He is. He is. I mean, and, and look, I mean, there was there was some other good quarterbacks there. They weren't. There was nobody close. Nobody close. Uh, you know, um, the guys from uh, the Lone Star College. They were asking me what I had thought about. Let me see something real quick here. They were asking me what I had thought about that other kid from Texas. And he just didn't really do much. But he, Logan and Christian were asking about him. It was, uh, oh, yeah, Austin Novostat. Uh, Austin Novostat. And he, first off, getting the football off was a problem for him. The West was really overmatched in that game. Oh. Yeah. Um, really overmatched in that game, yeah. but um, you know you had some you had some good players in certain positions on the West. But when it came to defensive line uh, and then um, quarterback play, it wasn't really close. Um, and why Dante played on the East team, I'm not positive, but um, he was man. I'm telling you that that he was there was I didn't see anything like it. Now looking at that Under Armour game, Jackson played well. That one throw that that touchdown pass that he put on. Uh, I, on that back shoulder throw that he made, <clears throat> that was a throw. Um, yeah. He definitely has the arm. And as Jimmy was saying over there, he also has really good, you know, he runs pretty well, uh, you know, and maybe not like some of these guys, but he runs it really well as well. Um, and that RPO system, it, it works for him. So, and the thing is, is when he's played in three state championship games at, at Geyer. So, Won one of them, lost a couple to some amazing teams, but so Jackson's the real deal too. Uh, I, that's why I was saying is th- it's just a deep, deep class of kids, and we're and that's just talking about the top five or six of them that are unbelievable good, and there may be another six or seven of them that are that next step down that could develop into something very, very good, like Minchie, as you were talking about some of these yeah, other yeah. guys. You know, um, there's a lot of them. So uh, I agree. I think college football is in good hands. If you've got one of these guys coming up, you're going to have a chance. You know, you just are. I'm telling you, I I think there are probably 20 guys that that could really play well at this level. Yeah. Um, Hold on. I think uh, Chris may jump in with with us real quick. Uh, Yeah, I think there are two. And, And then defensively, as I said, McCarry looked great, but so did Sammy. And Sammy was able to, at that linebacker position, he he showed the ability to uh, really kind of do some some good in coverage. Uh, I know that he impressed the guys at on three. He impressed the guys at two four seven sports. Um, and uh, I feel like that's one of those deals where you have a chance with these guys. Some of these dudes, and and that was something else to to kind of get into. Uh, David Aguebu, um entered the transfer portal uh, yesterday for Oklahoma. He's a linebacker, of course. Uh, he was one of the top tacklers. He also was one of the guys that missed more tackles than anybody throughout the season as well. Um, but he's going to be transferring, and it looks like he'll have a year at least, maybe two of eligibility wherever he lands. Um, that is going to give some guys like Omosigo, you would expect, obviously, um, McCullough, Desan McCullough from Indiana, the, the transfer, is probably going to get an opportunity right away there. I think there's some chance that he may play some edge as well. But I would also say 
that um, for any of us, you know, and I know I was one of these guys that was really wanting to see what, what are we going to get out of Jaron Kanak? Uh, and when are we going to get it out of Jaron Kanak? Um, I think that you're going to find out if, is he ready to rock and roll this next season because of the fact of that? Uh, yeah. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. James, and you're right. Uh, listening to, they were talking about how you could see sec linebackers in big 10. You could see them right. Smaller and faster. Big 10 were bulkier. That's normal. That's pretty normal. Right. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. And Samuel, yeah. Well, he I think he weighed in at 215, something like that. Um, you know, so that was Journey Jones. Thank you so much for your subscription. We appreciate that. Uh, but, you know, again, he looked really good. They're, they're, they really weren't throwing a lot his way. He also got some pressure from, from some of the different blitz packages that they sent that way. Um, uh, <laughs> not many got home with Dante anyway, you know, and he was definitely on that other side of that. But But there were some things that I felt like, uh, I felt like he did a good job, but again, I I feel like with Kanak, you're gonna get you're gonna get a chance to see what's up with him. Kobe McKenzie and Kip Lewis also are gonna be another one of those guys that I feel like are probably gonna get some opportunities. Uh, linebacker wise, obviously with Danny Stutzman, he was the man that you wanted to see kind of uh, make a step. It did take him a part of that season but to me he was the one linebacker that you really could depend on this season if you were Oklahoma um so he'll be back I'd like to see what Canak's gonna do um I think that everybody's been kind of looking forward to him as far as his athletic ability was concerned I mean as a as a quarterback of an option quarterback in high school and then of course playing linebacker he wowed everybody with his video um you know there was a reason why he ended up and, you know, Nebraska really, really wanted him, and we ended up with him at Oklahoma. So I think everybody's kind of hoping to see him get in there a little quicker. Um, also, uh, let's see, the new wide receiver. Yes, I was going to bring that up as well. Um, let's see. Yeah, so Andrew Anthony Jr. from Michigan, he comes in. He will be a junior coming in this season. Um he looks good, man. He's 6'2", 190. He's got some speed on him and some and some quicks. Uh, it seems as if he played a little bit more last season than he did this season for Michigan, uh, which is probably the reason they saw him going into the portal now. Um, but And I also feel like that a lot of that is – so a lot of this is going to have to do with possibly the fact that, you know, with this new – uh, receiver coach coming in, you know, they're able to pick up some of these guys out of the portal. I think the depth, and then there's another guy that they're looking at possibly adding in Tyrell Borden. He's six foot seven um, as a receiver. So, I mean, that's a big boy. Yeah. We'll find out what he's about to, and it's not a guarantee yet, but it looks like he's pretty close to signing. Um, that other, the other addition that I would be remiss not to bring up would be obviously, uh, Rondell Bothroyd yesterday, that defensive lineman from Wake Forest, game record type of guy. I know there's been some speak, there's been some discrepancies on his on his size. Um, he looks like a defensive tackle to me. I've heard that he's 280 something. He's listed at like 258 and 250. If he's at 258 and 250, he's an edge guy. 
but that's not what they recruited him as from what I can tell it's as a, that three technique uh, looking for him to be in that position. Um, one thing I know the dude gets to the quarterback. So they are building some depth there. I think people have forgotten about the fact that they did get Lacey out of Notre Dame as a, as a transfer, a grad transfer. So we're going to see him come in. You know, a lot about him from the defensive tackle position, he he was definitely good there at Notre Dame. Yeah. I think that that's he's a big stopgap guy for coming forward. I think that obviously there hasn't look. There's only just a few of those. I've heard this a bunch of times. God only makes a few of those dudes that are that <laughs> six five three hundred. They just don't really you know. Those are the guys that he takes a little more time with, right? Yep. Uh, they're just not. They're just not as. You get three or four of those a season. And then you're you're just not going to see a ton more of them. Right. Um, they're just not that many out there to to get now. But with Bothroyd, his resume says he's a bad dude, and I'd like to see him flourish in this position as well. Um, getting back to what, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I do, I do think he's going to work Hawaiian ice. I think that uh, we we were talking. I don't know if you were in here when we were talking about that just a few minutes ago. For everything I know, he's got a heavy footprint in that uh, Metroplex area as far as recruiting is concerned. Um, I know Texas really, really wanted to add him to their staff. So even just doing, just keeping them from being able to do that is great. Uh, <clears throat> um, good idea to have Kanak start at inside linebacker. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think that I think that he's. I think it's still kind of up in the air with Kanak on where he's going to end up. He's definitely not going to be a middle linebacker. It doesn't seem like type of guy to me, um, but we're going to find out. Um, should Grimes or Downs bulk up and move inside? Yep, we've been talking about that. Um, I feel like uh, Downs has already bulked up to 265. I could see him bulking up a little bit more. Grimes has the build. I think uh, James was talking about that the last time we were in here, that the build is already kind of there. And then even when we were talking about Trace Ford, you know, Chris had brought up with his ankle injuries, would it be a good idea for him to maybe move inside uh, and and kind of just kind of a tweener guy anyway? Um, I think that I'll, I'll say what I said before. All options are on the table when it comes to that because of the fact that we just didn't generate a lot of pressure on the quarterback this season, which had a lot to do with what was going on with our inability to stop anybody, um, you know, this in the way the game is played. Now you have to be able to put pressure on the quarterback, uh, stop the run, things like that. And I feel like, you know, whatever's going to myself. And I know that not everybody agrees with this, but I think Ethan Downs is, is more suited for the inside. He's six, four, six, five. You can, you can put more weight on his frame and, uh, he hadn't shown quickness at 250, 260. He hadn't shown the quickness that you want to see from the edge. So I don't know that there's another option. <clears throat> That's just my thoughts. I don't know. Uh, coaching, you know as much about that as anybody with it when it comes to that. How interchangeable are those positions, Coach, when you're talking 335 and three-man fronts? Oh, I, I I think that, you know, I, I think they're, they're interchangeable. I really do. You know, uh, again, when you're talking about and talking about these guys, and 
and I'm not real up on these guys that you're talking about right now, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, you no, know, I know you wouldn't be, but but I was just talking in general, how interchangeable are most of these guys? Oh, they, they, they're very interchangeable. I, I think, and again, I mean, you can even, you can put a, a, a light guy down at the, at the technique positions. He doesn't have to be 280 or, I mean, it, it depends on their strength. Sure. Uh, you know, obviously if they're playing on the edge, if they're an edge player, that they've got some great agility, good feet. Uh, you can take, take, take advantage of, of some teams with somebody like that with quick feet on the inside. So to me, they're very interchangeable. Now, now again, you know, the, the technique that they use at those two positions is something that, that's, that is different and, and therefore makes it a little bit tougher. But, you know, if you got a smart kid and, and he can play both. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, Jimmy – uh, an experienced linebacker from the portal. I'd be, I would tell you that, that you did that, uh, when you went and you got, and even though it was just one year of experience, when you're talking about Desan McCullough, um, this is a kid that he was not going to go to, to Indiana, except for the fact that his dad was coaching there. And now that his dad has moved on to Notre Dame, um, and, and of course him and day, his little brother are both coming. I think that he was definitely, he was a four star coming out. Uh, they were both four stars coming out. He was one of the better defenders uh, in the Big Ten as a freshman. And so I think that – and here's the other thing. How much more experience do you think is out there? Because most of these guys that were really good have been gobbled up, yep. um, and particularly at positions of, of need on defense and places like that, the linebacker position, your defensive line position. There's – again – those those technique guys, the guys that we're talking that are those 6'5", 200, 300, or I mean 290, 300-pound guys that God doesn't make as many of, no. they're already gone anyway. So obviously, you know, you've got another recruiting class next year that you would expect is going to be right up there again. Um, you're seeing the importance that, that Coach uh, Venables and his staff are putting on that position. Uh, and so, and the and for depth because you would think if they did really well as anywhere this year it would have been at the edge position. You got Taylor Wine coming in, obviously uh, PJ out of Bawari. Uh, you've got and and they already had some guys that you thought they were you know and even you would think that McCullough may be able to do some edge rush things as well and you know third down certain things like that. I, I feel like. You're seeing that this is the direction they're going in. And really what you need, if you can do about what you did this season on offense, as far as it be a little better, but if you're in that top 20 and you can just get down into that top 50 of defense, I think Kirk was talking about that the other night in here. If you're in the top 50 on defense and the top 20 on offense, you're going to make some noise, particularly in the big 12, you're going to make some noise. So that gives you an option, you know, are they going to be ready for the national championship next year? Probably not, folks. Probably not, okay? I would think that year three and four would be those years that you would hope to see that. But I would tell you what I saw from the linebacker, and again, Omosijo, he did a great job in coverage. He was able to – it. he does a good job of reading what's coming 
from the offense as well, getting to the football. Um, and then with Makari Vickers and uh, and uh, Josiah Wagner was the other guy that was in the All-American Bowl, uh, another cornerback. He did a great job. He was making some big hits at, and he's a five foot eleven, five foot ten guy. He made a couple of big wow hits. You know those ones that everybody in the crowd goes ooh. You know you just kind of hear the collective ooh. <laughs> you know he 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 laid the wood a couple of times, and we're talking about a cornerback. Uh, so. To me, uh, yeah, a lot of people want to see him go. He ain't leaving yet. He's not. I don't see it happening. Um, he's only losing one or two games a year. I, I think as, as crazy as those Ohio State fans are, no, <laughs> it's not happening yet. I think that they're going to give him another year or two. Um, I know that a lot, if you talk to Ohio State fans, yeah, most of them want him gone. They were pissed about him whenever they lost to Michigan. You know, one loss, you know. Um, but they played above their head in the semifinal game, they if did. you ask me. They did. And I'm not a Ryan Day guy. So, no. you know, uh, so, but I, I feel like that. I, I, anyway, told you, I thought they were going to get blown out. I did too. I did too. And, and I, and I said this before, I thought, I think that Ryan Day is Lincoln light, but it may be the other way around, but I feel like they're kind of the same guy uh, yeah. that they're just not too sure on um, the rest of that. Do not sleep on Jacoby. Uh, you're right. Um, he was another one of those guys. Everything that I have heard, Big T, was that all the guys that played in the Under Armour game were impressive. Uh, Jaquez didn't get a catch or anything like that, but it, and I don't know, I'm not sure what that was all about. I didn't actually get to watch it that much, but uh, yeah, um, but I do feel like they, a lot of people were talking about Jacoby. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people talked about PJ out of Bawari a lot. Um, they were talking about Caden Green being pretty much a wall that you weren't getting around. Nobody was getting around him. And then um, uh, Lewis, uh, um, the, uh, another linebacker we got coming next year, folks, uh, being um, Lewis Carter, Lewis Carter. Yeah, from another Florida guy that looked unbelievable good in that game as well so everybody that i saw um or heard about anything that has played in these games um and i'll be honest with you i have a hard time watching the offensive line in games even on television you don't watch it a ton but i hadn't heard anything bad about josh bates uh I, and he's a monster i think that he's gonna have an option um yeah they're all they all played very well Jacoby, is he going to play on both sides of the ball? Eh, I'm doubting it, man. I'm, I'm kind of doubting it. What's going on? <laughs> Lincoln Light. Yeah, I like, yeah. that's. I've been calling him that for a while. Um, in any event, I feel like some of these guys are, you know, are just, they're going to really kind of show out anyway, or they did show out. So all of them kind of did. Um, I'm excited about it. I'm not able to, like, change these uh, – I don't know what's going on with these, but we're just going to stay at Lincoln light for a while, I guess folks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it's meant to be. Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are still here or not still showing everybody here. I don't know what happened. I had a glitch on my internet. It still showing as being up, but I had to connect through my phone. So it we was will. It was the man upstairs punishing you on the Lincoln light. 
that's possible. <laughs> that's that's absolutely that's really possible. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, listen. Um, sorry about that, guys. I don't know what happened. My the modem still says it's on, so I'm not sure. I'm connected through the phone as of right now. Um, let's see. Yeah, nobody showed the show where it is just you and you're all alone. So like, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> appreciate it, guys. Saying so, uh, appreciate your, uh, hey, listen, if you'd like to make sure we don't have too much more of these, hit that little tip button or something like that there. Help us continue to bring you great stuff week after week. I hope everybody's subscribed. I've seen some new subscribers. And again, I hadn't really got to talk to anyone uh, before uh, well, after the show the other night, we actually uh, did uh, hit our 1,000 subscriber mark. We are now monetized. You are able to do the super chat, uh, some of these other things. But you can always help out the way that you always have with our fanatics um, deal there. Also having the, um, obviously, the podcast merchandise uh, at your, all that stuff will be in the description as well uh, whenever I finish this uh, video too. Um, but I appreciate everybody for, for sticking with us. I am super excited about, about the way, uh, the show has kind of taken shape. Uh, we only started just a little about six months ago and, uh, between Bryce and myself and now coach, uh, we've, it's been a lot of fun. So I yeah. appreciate everybody, uh, kind of, uh, sticking with us and being as loyal as you guys have been. I appreciate it. And one thing that I'm super excited about is the fact that I have a smart audience here, man. I, and uh, me and Coach talked about that quite a few times. This is a smart audience. You guys get it. I appreciate that. I only have to get on a few of you guys every once in a while for, for you know, some of this stuff. And that's all right. And that's all right. I don't even mind. In fact, you guys should be getting on me about some of it, too. So we're good on that. Um, here over the next few days, we should be coming up with a few more of these uh, shows. There's a lot to, to talk about. Um, I would say just kind of recapping what we have talked about. I think moving forward, you got to be excited about the fact that you have uh, Dylan Gabriel back in the fold. Whether or not you think that he's long-term or not, I think that we've we've kind of talked about the fact that it just means that you don't have to, uh, but uh, you don't have to rely on Jackson Arnold to be ready day one. I think that that's a good thing. Um, Dylan's proven that he can win at a lot of levels. Um, I think if they're any better on defense, and that's kind of what we were talking about whenever we got cut off, was that if you can just be about what you were offensively and get to top 75, top 50, you're going to have a chance to win nine, 10 games and win the Big 12 next year. You know, that's progress, folks, because. If you're moving up to that point, if we're looking at a top 50 defense by the end of next season, uh, no, we haven't, Bagman. Um, but but we could. Uh, did you expect him to leave? Because I didn't. Um, Grinch, uh, here, I know USC fans want him out. We wanted him out, right? We wanted him out. Lincoln hired him twice. He's not going to dump him right now. Um, not only that, but they actually got the guy from Texas A&M. They, they talked him into coming out there. I, I don't know how, um, but they talked him into coming out. The defensive lineman from A&M that we talked about, uh, he was, we were talking about him on the last show. Um, but again, look, they're going to give him another opportunity. And the truth of it is, is I don't think 
I don't think that Lincoln has any desire to get rid of the guy. He likes him. So uh, should he be? Yeah. yeah I would, he wouldn't be my coach. Um, but then, you know, it just is what it is. I think it is going to take some time when it comes to Oklahoma. Uh, we've got, there's, there's a ways to go, but that being said, you see it moving in the right direction. This is the best recruiting class in Oklahoma history, particularly on defense. Um, you've got some positions of that. Uh, Peyton Bowen's another guy we didn't really talk about in that Under Armour game. He had a hell of a game. Um, he showed that he was one of the best players. I would be I would be pissed at him if I was your two coach. Uh, there's a lot of these guys out there though. PJ, him, Jackson. I thought Makari looked unbelievably good. Uh, as I said, you know, Sammy looked really good. Everybody was impressed with the Oklahoma contingent at the Under Armour game. And from what I could tell at the other game, they all look good to me too. So look, I feel like this is a, yeah, slow D is greater than speed D. I, I would change slow to big, uh, big D. <laughs> or, well, maybe not big D, but big defensive players would be would be what I would talk about. Uh, you need some some big boys, some the big nasty dudes, man. That's that's what's going to win. And the one thing that I that we hadn't really said, and this is where I was kind of, I think the as an Oklahoma fan, and this is something, and there's a lot of tech fans around. Kirk was on with us this last time around. There's a lot of guys that love the. Uh, the air raid. The air raid is still not proven that it can win shit. Okay. It hasn't because of the fact that it doesn't really help out the defense. And you just have yet to see any of these air raid coaches get a nasty defense to go with it. I don't know if it's because defensive coaches that are really good don't want to be there at, on an air raid. If it, if it puts them in a bad position or that's their belief of it, or what it is, but I know there's not been an Air Raids national champion yet. There hasn't, aside from Oklahoma with what they had, but they had a hell of a defense. That would be the only one that you could say you've had an Air Raid national champion because aside from that, you haven't. Nobody in the le in the leech tree has won that. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, I guess aside from, yeah, size over lack of stamina. Now, what I would say, and this is one of the things that I guess I'd have to agree with with Kale on, you know, as a defense, you could stop them and get some rest. You know, all that stuff about you don't get rest, you know, from these guys that don't have sustained drives, blah, 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 blah. Well, go out and get a three and out every once in a while and you'll get plenty of rest. You know, that's part of it. But that being said, I would tell you that as of yet, aside from 2000 when uh, Coach Stoops won his lone national title. And I guess, I mean, of course, Leach wasn't still there. So I don't know. Mangino did run the air raid. It, I guess you would call it that. But I also know that they had a leftover really nice defense. And I think that it had TCU won it this year with their air raid, it, a lot of it would have had to do with the fact that they had a nice little defense too. Um, it wasn't as good as the Georgia defense, obviously, but it was good. Um, I'll, so, I'll still stay with defense wins championships and offense wins. I think that's – yeah, and listen, that's – I mean, that's clear. you got to have a defense. 
And again, even if it doesn't necessarily have to be a top 10, you know, but look for as good as those offenses were at Clemson. Is that why they won the national title? Because I don't think it was. It wasn't Deshaun Watson that that won that for them. I mean, he was good, and and I believe that so was so was their next guy. What was really good about those teams was that defense. They shut down amazing Alabama offenses in both of those national title games. Shut them down. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think that it's there's got to be a good mix. And I, I think that you're gonna you're gonna see less and less. I think the offense that that Georgia has it's explosive, um, and I I kind of feel like it was similar to what you saw at Michigan. It wasn't Ohio State. It wasn't, of course, USC or even Oklahoma. But what it was was good, and they've got studs all over it. Quarterback notwithstanding, for Georgia, I don't think that he's just a super athlete. I think he's a good player, you know. But even Kirby knows that you got to play some offense and they have hella good running backs. They're going to, but, but it starts and ends on defense with them. It still starts and ends on defense at Alabama. It still starts and ends on defense at LSU. That's how it is. Well, Hey, on display last night, the air raid was there and what they got, they let the air right out of it. Yeah. You know, they let the air right out of it. Folks, I am not sure how long we're going to stay. It seems a little glitchy here. I'm going to go ahead and call that an evening for us tonight. Um, I appreciate everybody jumping in, talking to us. Don't forget, if you haven't already become a subscriber, please do so. We'd appreciate that. Hey, folks, let us know what you think. Obviously, you can see me there on Birdie Man, at Birdie Man Dub on Twitter. You can also... Uh, Leave it in the comments, things like that. Let us know what you want to talk about. You know, we can, you know, some of these subjects going ahead of time, you know, now that now that the season's over with, there's no more football to be played. We can kind of dive into some of these subjects a little bit more. Let us know what you want to hear. We are efforting more guests, obviously, as we move forward. Um, would like to see some even former players, stuff like that. I'd love to get some of my old favorite Sooners to come on, talk to us, uh, things like that. And even some of the newer ones too, maybe some coaches, things like that. But we're working on all that stuff as we speak. Part of that, you know, uh, anybody who has a business that wants to sponsor us, please do so. You know, and you can always, you know, hit the tip jar or or jump in there and hit that little heart button. And uh, we will definitely be doing a actually coming up here in the next couple of days. We plan to get the outlaw of college football on the show. I think it'd be a lot of fun to have him and coach on at the same time. even. So uh, we'll have a lot of fun with that. But thanks a lot, folks, for coming in. We will see you on the next one.